0: This is Soccer Pilgrim, the podcast dedicated to soccer and travel, where each stadium is a shrine and its fans delay people. For the traveler, it is another culture to explore. Welcome to the Soccer Pilgrim podcast with Jason Kim. Okay.
1: Got the right button this time. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, Hey everyone, welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host, uh, Jason Jisoo Kim. And today's episode, I am rejoined by my buddy, Julian McKenzie. What's up, Julia?
1: What's up, man? I'm uh, happy to be here. I, I can't understand why you'd get a, a hockey journalist to talk about soccer on your <laughs> podcast, but uh, I am very glad to uh, fill the void. I Good think. See you, dude. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, first off, you know, you know
0: all sports. You follow all sports in North America, even in Europe. Thank you. So that's yep. why I, I, I feel like. I was like, you know, this guy needs to break from all the hockey talk. So that's why I was like, I gotta get Julian back on. But you got me, bro. Yes, sir. But also, I just flew in. But I just flew back from Toronto uh, this morning. I almost missed my flight, uh, and because yesterday on Sunday it was a holy day, not because it was Sunday, because Canada is going to Qatar. Let's go. Canada's going to Qatar, man. I can't. I can't.
1: It still hasn't settled in. Uh, it shouldn't. No, like this is something that not to hijack your moment here, but like this is something (laughs) that like our generate, like I always thought for the longest while that if Canada were to make the world cup for men's soccer, I would see it in my thirties and my my forties. And maybe they, they just had a team that was just enough to get it. And then we're like, oh, Hey, wow, cool. We're in the world cup. Not only did Canada make it to the men's world cup, they did it. With some of the best players, some of the budding young stars in the world mm. on their team, even the last few games, they had a guy who is considered a top five player at his position around the world. Not available to him, he was he was watching, he was he was he was streaming on Twitch, he letting yeah. people watch with him. He was on, he was not available to them. But Canada still got the job done. And in this his, there's a history of of teams in this country who have tried to achieve success. And have made it very hard on themselves the raptors before they won in 2019 all these first round losses and whatever uh or or just playoff just dis- disappointments against lebron then they finally got the job done if you're in toronto you know all about the leafs disappointing you mm. Montreal Canadiens fans they haven't won a stanley cup for as long as well you were probably like very young maybe like a year i was a year old not even yeah like a few months i wasn't alive i was yeah. not alive if you're a montreal expos fan you have one year where you can say like this team made playoffs, and in 1994, you're you were robbed because of a of a strike a that came in like I think maybe three months after I was born, and effectively wiped away the chance of possibly the best Expos team that was ever created. Oh, and really I know good. I'm only mentioning a lot of stuff on the east side. You can go to other parts of the country as well, and so many other local teams that have been there. Mm. And and when you go to the international scope as well, basketball, other the women's teams as well. They've gone through their share of heartbreaks and hardships and making things hard. This mm-hmm. Canada team, yes, they had the loss against Costa Rica, but if you take that out of the equation, undefeated in World Cup qualifying, and they were able to maybe not breeze through, but they they handled themselves very well against some very good teams and very good players. This is this is unlike any Canadian from a national perspective I've ever seen uh, in terms of performance at international level in a sport that wasn't hockey essentially and even in the last how many years the talent gap has like tightened up with other countries beyond canada when it comes to the sport on the men and the women's side like to see canada do as well as they did in world cup qualifying and get to a point where they were just able to get a win over jamaica to 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 get themselves through still have a game to spare essentially unless there's more games i'm missing no like that's that's i can't think of too many times where i've seen the country i live in on an international level beyond hockey make it easy for themselves in the sport and the fact that canada is able to go to the world cup like that's like i don't blame you more than 24 hours out from that happening you know yeah. you were there like you should feel all the feelings and you should be able to like don't let that settle for you bro because no. that's not something you've ever seen no that's the
0: thing it's like. First off, I wasn't supposed to go to the game because I was trying to get tickets and I just the tickets sold out so quick. So I was like, I kind of accepted the fact that I'll just go to a bar near the stadium and just enjoy it as much as I could. And okay, this is actually an interesting story. So yeah, uh, I connected or <clears throat> on Instagram, I became friends with a guy named, I got to shout him out, uh, Eli or Ellie uh, Zeldin. He is the ultras, he's the leader of the TFC Ultras. I think he's the leader of the TFC Ultras. I'm, I'd am be probably getting that wrong, but he's very important for the TFC Ultras. And he was right. there at the game chanting and drumming and everything. And it was kind of funny because uh, we're just talking. He's like, hey, you're in Toronto? I'm like, yeah. It's like, you're going to the game? I was like, no, I can't. And he was like, let me figure something out. And he got me a ticket. And I was like, thank wow. you so much. And I was like, <laughs> I was talking to the Dar Magazine people. We're like, this is the first time that, this is probably the first time that a TFC guy is helping out a Montreal guy, and like, you know, I
1: mean, <laughs> yeah, that does not happen at all. The bad blood between those two teams. That's the like, thing. And,
0: and it was it was, a it was a beautiful moment. Then he uh, and our group, uh, derby group chat the guy put like a, a a gif of like do you know the scene in uh, strand out of Compton where there was the '92 riots and there's a blood in a crib where they tied their bandanas together. He's like, it was literally
1: that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it is that. It is that. Like it works with the colors.
0: It works with the colors. And I was just anyway, I was so ellie or eli i i I, i'm sorry if i'm not getting your name right because i only seen it through instagram but thank you so much i really appreciate you uh you were were planning on going so you were planning on going to toronto regardless i was because the whole darby magazine people were going to be there and i was feeling serious fomo so i was like okay i got to be there so i like uh i booked a ticket to go to toronto i got i got there hung out with them amazing uh and then he hit me up and then we all went to the game together and we were all sitting in the voyage section the ultra section So much fun. It was so much fun, but it was
1: so cold, so cold because the wind was constant. There's no other way for them to do this too. It was, I mean, poetic. like it 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 had to be that way. We had to have some, whatever cold front come in. Yeah. Temperature, just, we were just about to experience spring. weather, yes. Temperature getting cold. Like it had to be that way. Like that's going to, like after what happened at the Ice Tecca in Edmonton, like. It was poetic. of course, Canada has experienced so many times playing in, in, in countries where they're in hostile territory, the heat, the fans throwing stuff at them and other t- and, and they had to deal with the elements. You know, you'll let other teams like Jamaica and Costa Rica and, and Panama and other countries or Mexico or whatever come up to Canada and deal with the elements that are in this country. You know, it's it's fun to see that the shoe can fall on the other foot as well. And yeah. other teams could be like, "Oh, geez, it's cold out here." You know, like it's fun to see that that has actually reflected to the other side. You can tell I'm not showing yeah. any, uh, you know, I'm trying not to show any bias, but to hell with that! Like I'm wearing a Canada tar- <laughs> jersey. You're right, like, I don't have jersey. to. Come, like, come on, man! Like this yeah. is this is cool. If I ever get in a position where I get to like do anything with the World Cup or like write anything about this, which I don't know if that's likely, but hey, hey. there's stranger things have happened. Sure. You know, I'll I'll be professional and be more dignified but because <laughs> you're my boy and I'm on the podcast. Yes. Hell yeah. This is all, we should all we should all be happy about fans, media, people who don't even give a damn about soccer that much are just like, oh, this is interesting that we're in the men's world cup. Like, this is cool. And we also like John Herdman, as far as oh, yeah. start, that man needs a statue because that man found a way to make the women's program relevant yeah. and and make them into well, sorry, maybe I shouldn't say relevant. He helped them get to a another level a higher standard i shouldn't say irrelevant. i'm sorry he helped yeah. them get to a higher standard and they are going off of that momentum and beth priestman is doing a great job oh, they won a gold medal at the olympics last summer that's yeah. incredible and now at the men's side they were irrelevant that's a team that was irrelevant for years even if they had some of the star players that mm-hmm. they had but they were not making any world cup it's been 36 freaking years since they would made it and john herdman has elevated this program and has turned them into legit a world cup squad like yeah. John Herdman as far as i'm concerned for soccer in this country he deserves a statue
0: i'll even i'll even say that when it comes to like okay ballon d'or and all those all those like galas i think they're all kind of very political and pointless at this point like it doesn't really mean anything to win a ballon d'or or being best coach of the year cuz this is all very political but i think he best national team coach award i honestly think he, his name needs to be there Cause like you said, he brought this Canada team, like you and I growing up, we
1: did not watch Canada soccer at all. I like, I'm not even. Maybe not at all, but like we didn't, yeah. we didn't, we didn't, I was not wearing a, like soccer Canada stuff just Same. to wear, you know, like, cause it's cool. Or I wasn't looking at soccer Canada players and be like, yeah, this guy's doing really well in Europe. That was not a thing for us. No, it wasn't like the only thing related to, to Canadian
0: soccer was watching the then impact. who are now club de Montreal. Like that was our only point of reference because that was the only thing that was, um, I mean, in their prime, like in the impact that in those days were amazing. They were great. Like 2016, I, everyone still talks about 2016, which is really started yeah. to sound a lot like 93 Canadians, which I'm like, please don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, that was, that was a run. Yeah. That's the thing. And it's like seeing, seeing Canada soccer, just make it to where it is now and seeing one of the, one thing I love the most is that the players I find very relatable because they all have similar stories to you and I, you know? You know, like usually um, immigrant parents or they're immigrants themselves. They just had this one game that they love, but there was, there was no real passion or love throughout the country, but now it's coming with a resurgence and I'm seeing hockey fans show up to soccer games and I'm like, we're doing something right at club level or national level. So like yesterday it was, there's so many hockey fans, but you could tell they were just excited. Like, wow, like there's Canada's relevant globally
1: in another sport that we were not historically good at at all. And 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 again, like not just the fact that the team as a whole is good, you can point at a guy like Tejon Buchanan who yes. just signed for like a club in Belgium. Yeah, club. It is just like like amazing. Jonathan David. There are teams who are going to be lining up for this kid's services I- I- at the next transfer window. Like yeah. That's so, that's insane. Like, like, it's 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 crazy. We've got Dwayne De Rosario and, and Patrice Bernier and other guys. They kind of laid the foundation. Mm. But now these kids get to reap the benefits from it. And who knows what's going to come
0: after that. Honestly, uh, I remember Jose Mourinho said this. I think I brought this up the last time you were on. And um, he's, in an interview, said that there are more scouts in Canada right now than there ever been before. And also yep. because now that Canada's ranked 33rd and the ranking is probably going to go a higher now. By like maybe two or three points. But... Uh, they're, because they're in the top 50, it's easier for Canadian players to get visas into Europe, to play in the European leagues. So, I mean, Tejan Buchanan, Alfonso Davies, and Jonathan David kind of laid the, they broke the ground for that to happen. I'm going to say this,
1: Ismail Kone, I don't know if you watched him recently for Montreal. He, I mean, the little glimpses I saw, there was like a game against Atlanta. He made like a great pass to uh, Samaelovic. Yes. By the way. Small side note here: Montreal blowing that lead against Atlanta, so frustrating. But we could do a whole other podcast on that. But Kone, the fact that already Montreal's like using him uh, to their abilities now, and the fact that Canada just like put him in that Costa Rica game near the end, like yeah, this is a kid, and like I, I didn't, I didn't know anything about him, but the fact that he's being used in those situations at this point in his career, like that's a good thing. Like one, the first time I watched him play.
0: I'm, I'm really happy to say that I've watched Tejan Buchanan play his first professional game against Montreal with new England. And when he touched the ball, I was like, oh, this guy's good. And then I looked him up. I was like, oh, he's from Brampton. He's Canadian. I hope he gets called up. And then a few years later, he gets called up and
1: went to Syracuse. Yeah. He went to Syracuse. Yeah. And, and uh, same with Syracuse, Syracuse influence between Tejan. I think come Kamal on Miller's, Kamal also Miller. Syracuse, I think Bernier, obviously like, like, I come on, J- like Syracuse. yeah. I got a double check for Alistair Johnston, but like Syracuse, man, we are here. We represent. Oh yeah. You went to Syracuse. <laughs>
0: yeah, I forgot. Yeah. That's it's, it's a lot of, a lot of Canadian, all the best. Canadian, um, Yeah. Pretty much all the best Canadian talents on the men's side came through Syracuse. If they're from the East coast, that's what it seems like. And, but yeah, like it's not I saw his first game against uh, Santos Lagunas and I thought it's kind of, I want to say lucky. Oh, no. Yeah, a little bit. We, we can say it's a bit lucky. Like, do you know, do you know how Iker Casillas got his first uh, start for Real Madrid? No, I don't know that story. So it was a Champions League game. And the goalie who was... I forget that goalie's name. The goalie who... The original starting goalie. I think he dropped Cologne on the floor and then injured his foot. Uh, very specific injury. Uh, so he got
1: oh pretty much glass. That's a weird... So like the glass like broke on his foot? Yeah, yeah that's, that's a weird injury. Yeah, it's a very specific injury.
0: Uh, and because of that, uh, Casillas had to play and he was only 19. But he, Casillas was so good, he just got the starting position. And now he's a legend. And Isma Kone... Hands were like insured for like millions of dollars. Which is it's crazy. <laughs> and, um, and Isma Kone, similar story. Samuel Piet, he got injured against uh, the Honduras game, I think, where it was like a bad tackle. Well, it was not a good tackle. And because Sam Piet got injured, uh, Kone got the spot. And then Coney just, that Santos Laguna's game in, uh, at the big O. He was so good. I mean, like, first half, maybe a little shaky, maybe it was nerves, but then, like, he got so comfortable on the ball, dribbling past players left and right. I'm like, yo, they're dribbling past, like, professional Mexican players as if you're on a park in Montreal right now playing pickup. I was like, yo, this, this, I, I have a lot of praises for him. I don't think much, I think Saputo might put a price tag on him and Europe will have to pay a pretty penny for this one because he's, He's really good. And
1: shout it's a quick shout out to Samuel Piet, who I DM'd on IG, like, go get him. And I was like, congrats, <laughs> dude, you did a great job. He's like, Yes, brother, we did it. Yeah. yeah Sam, Sam is cool, man. Like, I know I don't cool. cover the team anymore, but he was always somebody who was great with time and just cool to just talk to. And that's honestly like one of the things I miss the most about not being around that team anymore. Just seeing guys like him and just like connecting with them and, and just talking to them about stuff. Like he's, yeah. he's really cool. But like, that's a cool story with how Kone got in the lab and how Eker got to play with the, that's the, thing. the national team in Spain. I, I like, I've, not, I've, I've yet to meet Sammy P.
0: Uh, I keep calling him Sammy P, but like, I, he's but,
1: cool. He's,
0: he's generally, a cool. he speaks like four languages. Yeah. I know he speaks German, French, the Spanish, and Spanish. Yeah. And English. And I'm like, yeah, because he was in Germany for like a minute, then he was in Spain. He was in Spain. Yeah, like anyway, this Canadian program is amazing. And now there's a new theory that we were talking about amongst the Derby people that Fikayo Tomori, this might be a more incentive for him to join Canada. Because what England has a reputation, I think the rule is, those was kind of theoretical, but he was like, this is from Ketsin, which he told me he was, the rule is, is if you get called up, you need to be called up three times. And then I think he got called up twice, and the third time, it's like it solidifies that you're forever going to be in the England team. Yeah. So he's only been called up twice, and the third time, uh, the theory is that he should say no because he will most likely never get a starting position over Stones and McGuire as long as Southgate is manager. And McGuire, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're a United fan, no, I. I just don't like I don't like McGuire. I really don't like him. I think he's good you're at preaching
1: the to the choir, but
0: <laughs> I think he's a great mid-table defender. I just don't think he's a United defender. And like him at Leicester City was great, that's it. I think he should go back to Leicester City.
1: Anyway, that be- I sad. wanna talk about Soccer Canada. I don't wanna talk about Harry. Potter, <laughs> bro. I was in a very good mood until you brought up that man's name. Oh, United's trash, but-, <laughs> but um, I'll just leave if you want me to, bro? Don't, don't, don't do it, don't do it.
0: But um, but yeah, so the theory now is that uh, Tamori, who was born in, in the GTA, I think like Brampton or somewhere, or maybe not Brampton, I don't know, somewhere in the GTA. And uh, the theory is that Canada soccer should try to like lure him in be like, listen, you're going to get a lot of love here. We're clearly a team on the rise. You're going to get a starting position and, you know, come through. And also like you've played, you know, you played, I think he's played for U23 Canadian team. So it's was like, and he captained Canada, no U21 and he captained them, I think. And so he was
1: like, you are aware of the system. You know, these players just, just come play. So that's the theory. Don't see why not, man. Like, I mean, they were, they've were they been able to get guys like... Uh, I mean, Jonathan David, I think, also had the opportunity to play for the States because of where he was actually born. He was like, born in, like, Brooklyn. Yeah, he was born in Brooklyn. Isn't Estacchio also could have played for Portugal, too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, there are guys on this... I mean, I, funny enough, I thought of Malu Tabla. And <laughs> considering, <laughs> considering how good the team is, I'm like, uh, uh, geez, no. it's actually still good. No, but but, like, the fact that it's cool to see guys who came up here... And yes, they might have an opportunity to play for other countries, but like, no, they have a a solid chance to play for Canada now. Like, that's cool to see them, those players choose Canada not pull an Owen Hargreaves and and play somewhere else, you know, like, it's it's cool. But then do you blame Owen Hargreaves
0: going the route he did? Because I mean, when when England calls, it's like, you can't say no.
1: And plus, like, he was, he played, he, he got capped like a bunch of times with England but yeah. just rotten on a bench like he played for England. Like, I, I I, don't blame him necessarily. Yeah. And maybe some people. And I wonder if there's going to be like a weird, similar like to what Raptors fans did with Vince Carter in that when Vince Carter left the Raptors, uh, not to switch sports here, off yeah, from yeah. the trade, and he like kind of said like, yeah, I could have gone harder when I was with the Raptors and all that. People held grudges against that man for years and years and years. Right. And the Raptors eventually got good and they won. A lot of those grudges start to just kind of flow away because it's like, Uh, all right, well, you know what? We found a way to be good and now we can look past you just, you know, not liking this team and we could fully appreciate the player that he is. I wonder if there's going to be a similar effect with Owen Hargreaves where it's like, you know what, maybe we understand why you opted to play somewhere else. But now Canada is a team that is getting better and better and better. And now we look at you and we say, you know what, it's cool to see that you were Maybe it's a little different because of the fact that he never actually played in Canada for like an MLS team. Yeah, he was just just, you know, That's it. Right. It would be a little different if you played for like an ML like a TFC or like a, a CF or a white caps or something. Maybe we'd appreciate it differently. So maybe the analogy isn't that sound, but I, I'm willing to bet you're not going to see too many older Canadian fans be all like, man, I sure wish Owen Hargraves would have still been on the scene because they're uh-huh. going to be too busy looking at a Fonson Davies and Jonathan David and all these other players on Canada. who are doing so well.
0: Also, uh, Speaking of, um, cause I'm thinking of players at that position who played the center mid Atiba Hutchinson's got a lot of love among the fans. And I, I was really nice to see cause he was subbed on in the second half, the entire stadium just chanted his name for like two, three minutes straight. It was, it was really good to watch. And... Just gonna
1: plug, uh, my colleague Dan Robson from The Athletic who did a fantastic job, uh, writing about Atiba Hutchinson, a guy who's been with this program uh, at its lows like a decade or two ago as a much younger player. You see, he's been, this is a guy, you know, we rave about some of the newer guys who were there. Atiba Hutchinson, who's like a leader for this team, he has been with this team in its lowest possible moments as a federation, and now he gets to reap the benefits again Yes, uh, with Team Canada as like a 39 or 40-year-old. Like, that is such a yeah. cool story to see that he's still a part of this team and it's still a fixture with this Canadian squad. So it's, I think it's really cool to see him do well. And again, uh, take the time to read uh, the athletics, uh, Dan Robson story on the tee, but it's really good.
0: Yeah, go check it out. I'll, uh, maybe I'll, yeah, I want to check it out now because like, I, we did a story of, Dark Magazine was the second issue. We did a story with him as well. So it'd be really cool to read both stories actually
1: um and yeah yeah check. i still gotta get my hands on a darby magazine man i i got oh. i really i really have to do better with showing respect to the brand like i gotta give you Wait, prop, did man. It, you found you a, have you found a niche i don't have anything from darby bro
0: okay i'll get you the first uh the first issue i'll, I'll bring it over oh yeah my,
1: man my birthday gift to you i guess <laughs> yeah thank you i would love that honestly yeah. i i would treasure that because like i awesome. just i'm really proud of the fact that you've Found a niece for yourself, uh getting involved with Darby and, and soccer you, podcasts and stuff, man. So it, I'm really like proud, like as your friend, like Thanks, objectively, man. like I'm I'm just breaking down all social convention with this interview, whatever. I'm I don't care. Proud of you, bro. I don't give a shit. Like I'm really happy. <laughs> so it would nothing would make me happier than to have a copy of your work and, and Darby's work. Just wow, having it around, man. So thank you.
0: No, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll bring it on Friday.
1: I'll definitely bring it on Friday and i don't know when this podcast is going to be out so maybe friday might end up be like oh this is like in june this is out like what's going on <laughs> <laughs>
0: to, uh maybe i'll maybe i'll post it next week okay i'll, I'll put it on next week
1: yo dude capture the moment with these things man because next week like who knows what we'll be talking about right I mean, like it's going to capture wednesday. the moment with these things man yeah you got to capture the moment yeah, okay i always post
0: on wednesday so i'm gonna put it on wednesday and yeah. but yeah that being said it's 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 just, there's a lot of love and there's um, BMO Field. I hate to say it. It's a really nice stadium. Uh, it's a really nice stadium. I've walked past it. It looks nice. And like the, um, yes, no one sat down at yesterday's game. No one sat down. E- everyone, the entire stadium was standing up. Maybe because it was really cold, but like it was just, yes. Everyone, everyone was just standing up because ev- there's just this, there's a palpable tension in the air where everyone knows like, this is it. When Kyle Aaron scored that first goal, everyone knew it was like, all right, we just need like another seventy minutes, and we're we're going to Qatar. And I just couldn't,
1: I just couldn't believe it. It was it was dude. Can I just say something? Yeah. If Canada was a bit more clinical, maybe not even a bit more clinical, just clinical. Period. That game could have been like ten nothing. Jamaica was horrible. Jamaica was not good. <laughs> Canada should have been up six nothing by halftime. They missed yeah. so many chances.
0: Yeah, they did, and I think, I think part of it has if okay if we're gonna be objective i think they need to cl- work on that if they're gonna be playing at teams like france or
1: like you know i was gonna say italy but lol they're not going <laughs> Canada's is gonna be in a world cup and italy isn't that's gonna change in 2026 when they expand the pool and there's no way that's ever gonna happen but like still it's still like like my good buddy uh i don't know if you ever met him jack and if uh yeah. uh works for 90.5 uh and uh He's he's he does play by play for CF Montreal games. Oh, very cool! Okay, Italian. Uh, he's he's he is of Italian descent. Uh, <laughs> like uh, the day I saw him uh, at the Canadians game after Italy lost to North Macedonia, the entire time we're watching this Canadians <laughs> game, like he'll just we'll just sit, just nothing going not, on, and they'll be like, "Bro, Italy had thirteen corners and they couldn't score on okay. one." Like he just like <laughs> burst out into random soccer talk, and like other journalists around him were just looking at him like. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you talking about soccer? But, like, me and uh, our buddy, <laughs> buddy Tristan Damol as well, yeah, we would just, like, we're just looking at him. And he's like, man, like, sorry, but, you know, Canada might make it at least. And he made <laughs> a trip down to Toronto, and I think he, I don't know if he called the game, but I know he was there. So, yeah, like, it's it's still kind of weird to see that Italy hasn't made it, but the fact that Canada's going to be there, like, that's, someone who's not the biggest fan of Italian soccer, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. going will just leave it at that.
0: You know what? I I have a. Have a mind for conspiracies because they're fun. So I'm thinking like Lorenzo Signe is low-key happy that Italy's not going to the World Cup so he can get his bag in Toronto.
1: Yeah. Seriously, yeah. He could, he could just like just play and just like I mean it's not like it's going to be in the summer anyway so there's nothing to, have to worry about that but like yeah. I mean he's going to get the bag anyway.
0: Yeah. But I feel yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But then like I feel like if Italy was going to the World Cup what do you would he be playing in Toronto by July or would he
1: be in the the italy camp or is that too far ahead that's a good question i don't know I, I was wondering about that like how that would work if the world cup is going to be in november right yeah i, th- I think the fact that it's i think the fact that it's there kind of changes a lot but also like would it be wild and i don't know how the scheduling works for the world cup in that but like could you imagine the mls cup playoffs clashing oh. with world cup games uh, there's no way they would let the schedule work out that way Like, think they probably would have to have like You know the international break in this case like yeah be fit at a time because i know for sure if i was like an mls coach and i was a playoff team there's a chance that one of my guys could be gone for the world cup i would be fighting tooth and nail with don garber to be like we need to organize the schedule in a way where nobody loses their players to the world cup it's a special situation where they were able to move it to the end of the year this league needs to find a way to do that i know if i Mm. was TFC, i'd be cheese if I lost out on Insigne later that year. But I, again, I'm, I'm coming for the position of someone who doesn't follow the MLS as closely as I used to.
0: Yeah, like, I'm I'm just thinking about, let's say, for Montreal, right? That means you're losing pretty much your most important back to Alistair Johnston, and Kamal Miller will be gone. Uh, yeah. And then Isma Kone, your best young player, gone. Simon Piet will be gone. So, there are already four starters will be not in the team. And that's, like, that's going to be hard. So, I don't know. a good. That's a good point. So, I would think maybe if don yeah don Garber would have to reschedule everything or i feel
1: like they would have done it already because the season's yeah. already going on i'm sh- i mean like we, mm. dude we could just literally look this up like right now like when is the mls cup final supposed to be i think and it, when is it's end of november usually or mid november no it's it, okay so it looks like it should be fine cuz it looks like i think it's going to go to like october 9th but that's regular season I mean, right that no i think that's uh mm... Cause it's really funny that we're doing this like the way that we're doing it right now, but funny. like, it's, it's very fine. Yeah. I mean, we could do what we want. on this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: I'm pretty sure I'm pretty, cause like when I watched, the the New York city at Portland game, the final was, it was, it was cold. I remember being cold and I think it was in November. Yes.
1: So let's see. I'm gonna... when's the, is there a way to figure out when the last game, oh, or we should just pull up CF Montreal schedule. Like when is CF Montreal's like last game? And then from there, we should be able to determine like the playoffs and stuff and also just try to find a way to figure out when is the first game oh, found- of the world cup okay well i just found
0: out okay for for example uh this is based on last season's 2021 the mls uh, cup final was in december
1: 11th was december 11th okay so i just pulled up here montreal's last game of the year is october 9th against inter Miami, that's their final game of the of the regular season homer that's the uh i I just had it i just have to find that back but uh, i think it's tv i think it's tbd actually okay okay. so so i think it's not sure about the time i think inter might be the home team here in terms of the first world cup game uh it's sorry for the dead noise here
0: no no, that's good it's It's gonna be like first week of november for sure it's always yeah. like that. Well, the World Cup's like it's always in June and it always starts like
1: June 5th or June 6th or something like that. Oh, yeah. So November, like late November. Late November. It starts. Like November 21st of 22nd. So oh. it, if it works out well, like the I'm sure the MLS Cup playoffs should probably be earlier. It might be close. It might be it might be pretty close, to be I, honest with you. I would say,
0: um, but does that mean that? Potentially, the World Cup can like be on Christmas, like the final. I I, th- I think so. How wild is that? That
1: I, for that the, the World Cup final is on Christmas. I mean, if I mean, we, if we follow soccer teams that sometimes play on Boxing Day. Yeah. it's not that weird. No, but okay. Um, so I think the final player. for the World Cup. Sorry, like I, I'm literally typing out on Google, and they're giving me what they're giving me. Yeah, yeah. yeah the final would take place December 18th. So like a week before oh, Christmas. That's a nice Christmas gift either way. That's a, that's still pretty nice either way. Hmm. And depending on when they let everyone, I mean, wait a minute. So if they do that, does that mean that, does that mean boxing day is not a thing this year for Premier League? Cause if they let players come back that fast, I guess it depends how early England gets knocked out. <laughs>
0: I guess, <laughs> but like, First off, I always, I really don't like the fact that uh, they don't have any winter breaks for Premier League players, and like everyone's complaining, oh, these guys are always injured. I'm like, yo, like give them two weeks, at least two weeks. Like England and I mean Spain and Italy get two weeks off, and then Germany gets six weeks off, and uh, France get a week off. But either either way, they're getting some time off for the holidays, which I think they should do in England. And uh, but that being said, how? How do you think Canada's gonna do? Like, how do you see them? How far do you see them going? I think
1: it's impossible to tell right now. Only yeah. because we have no clue. And we'll know on Friday. We'll have a better idea on Friday with the uh the draw. Yeah. Coming out on Friday. It's this Friday uh, already? It's Friday, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah, it's crazy. Like April first, like it's a big April first, like the World Cup draw is like that day. Uh, okay. I, I know. I know. Um, but with with Team Canada. It's impossible to know how well they're going to do until we know who will be in their group. Uh, Tristan again sent me some link for um, a website called Stat to Software, where you could you click on it and you go on the website and it simulates the the pot draw and it puts like all the teams in groups. I just did it just now. I just clicked on the link and it gave me Canada in a group with Brazil, Denmark, and Japan. Like what? that's, that's, that's tough, right? It's a tough group. Uh, Tristan, Tristan did it and he got Argentina, Germany, Canada, and Ghana. In a no, no, I had done it. I did it one other time and I got France, Denmark, Iran, and, and Canada. Like, depending on how things go, yeah, Canada could be in a tough group. They could be in a slightly easier group. I, I think if you're, if you're a Canadian fan, Mm-hmm. You root for Canada to be in a, like a group A or something. So they are with like Qatar and normally like from what I've seen from world cups, like whatever teams in group A it's, you're not going to get a, the group of death is never usually like group A.
0: No, group A tends to be like, if, when I think about 2018 Russia, their only hard team was, uh, Egypt and they like, I mean, Russia was really good at that, at that world cup, um, and it was Russia, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and I am blanking out on the fourth country. Uh,
1: uh I don't remember, but I, like, it was, I think it might've been Japan. But like group A is not supposed to be this like crazy, no. this like this like insane group. Uh, so if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, I'll be, I'll be watching the draw whenever, whatever time that's going to be at mm-hmm. and just trying to just patiently see where Canada's going to get slotted. I'm rooting for them to be in a good, like group A. One of my friends was making a point that, you know, if you're Canada you should want to go up against the best teams and see how you stack up. Oh. I agree with that philosophy if you're playing friendlies and if you're yeah. playing against those teams where like there's no real stakes. If you are in the World Cup, if you're in any big time tournament, yeah. you should make the path for yourself as easy as possible. And I think personally, considering how Canada played at World Cup qualifying and they made, they still I think they still have a chance to win. I mean, unless the, they, they still have a chance to win the whole group, like, or at least be the top team in the group. Yeah. Like, you know, I think to come away from all that and then end up in some group where you're in Argentina, Germany, all these tough teams, like, congratulations, you got all that experience playing against Messi and all these tough teams, but you just have experience to show for it. I think for Canada, if they're in a position where they score a goal, first off, the bar is really low. <laughs> like they did score at eighty six, but if they're able to score a goal, if they're able to get a point, if they're able to get a win, like that means so much for those guys. I don't know if they necessarily need to get out of their group. And again, it depends on who's there. Yeah, but if they are in a position where they just fight, they hold their they show their medal against some top teams, against some good teams, like I think that's that's good enough for expectations. But I think yeah. a lot of them will be set dependent on. What their group looks like. If it's an easier looking group, then the expectations might just be like, okay, maybe Canada has a chance to be a second seed, or they might try to get in as a third, or or you know, the, depending on how things go with the, the way they kind of uh, afford seating for second seeds. I don't know if they're doing like what they did last time, where you could be a third team and get in. It doesn't matter. Like Canada, man. Like depending on who's in their group, it could affect a lot of the expectation for how we view them.
0: Mm. So. What was, what was the the first time you did the simulation? Well, what, what were the, who were in Canada's group? Was France, Denmark, Japan?
1: France, Denmark, and Iran. And Iran. And not, wait, didn't you say Japan? No, I didn't say, uh, I said Japan, I think for the one I just did. Like I literally clicked on it and it pulled up with that. Uh, uh, okay. With I think Brazil, Japan, and I forget what the other country was. But I went off the link now, so I'd have to like go back and and, okay, and do it again. So I just went back on it again. Okay, what you get? And this time I got England, Denmark, Canada, and Ecuador.
0: England, Denmark. Denmark keeps coming up. So I'm like... I Denmark like, keeps coming up. I feel like Denmark is going to happen. Uh, I think Canada could... This is my honest prediction. I think Canada could beat Ecuador. I think Canada... Because I don't think of anyone stand out. Uh, there's nothing that's standing out about Ecuador to me right now. But, but then again, I haven't really been watching South American football as of recent. So I can't really say denmark uh they're gonna rally around christian Eriksen, and that's gonna be yeah. a huge motivational factor and shout also, out
1: to him scoring
0: last week by the way yes and then back into prem which is awesome and england or oh, england canada game that'd be amazing and i that's feel, gonna be insane that's gonna play on a, a lot of people in this country love england that's yeah, gonna play on a lot of people sensibilities i feel like that could end my optimistic side it's a draw or a draw would be huge, but because do you remember? Uh, I don't know if you remember this in 2010, England played USA in their group stage. And in, this is the English team with Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Paul Scholes, uh, Wayne Rooney. And I'm like a uh, young Theo Walcott, young Theo right. Walcott, who was like at the time, like you know, this big and up coming winger. And yeah. I real Fernand he was, was on that ta- real Fernand was still on the team. This is like a stacked England team, and they. Drew against, I mean, granted, there was that, that Green, what was the goalkeeper's name? I think it was Green. Robert Green. Robert yeah. Green, yes. Uh, I mean, yeah. and then they Beckham's angry face, which is uh, priceless because Bex doesn't ever seem to be angry at all. Anyway, but, like, that was a shock draw. where United States played really well. I remember that game being like, yo, USC, they're playing really well. <laughs> I was like, dude, you know, and it's... Uh...
1: Was that the tournament they made it to the quarters that year that, like, Landon Donovan scored against... Uh... I forget who, but like they they made it to the knockout round that time.
0: Yeah, yeah. USA made it to the knockout round. I think USA and England made it out the group, and then England got knocked out by Germany. And this is before this is this is the reason why VAR got so got pushed into the mainstream. Yes. Because yes, of that that game, that insane Frank Lampard thirty yard shot where it was a beautiful goal, hit the crossbar, then went behind the ben, line,
1: but the goal was no it was a clear goal. That's so bad for England, man. People, and I mean, if I'm sure if you, I mean, I don't know how much they think about that now, but like in the last how many years off of that, like, oh, man, that was painful for them. Like, that it, was so, I, I still see like Frank Lampard, like thinking he scored and then he puts his hands on his yeah. head. Like, like what? Like that didn't count. I I'd that tournament right. was wild. Between that and and the the Ghana Uruguay game where Luis Suarez well, had the handball, oh the heart, god, and then and then and then the missed penalty by Ghana after that, like I'm still mad. Like there's, I don't like Luis Suarez for a lot of different reasons. I and don't that is a and that is a huge reason why. I've, it's not the reason. There are other reasons. Mm. Racism coming into effect with that too. Of course, hundred percent. I do not like. Be off of that game. I I I can't stand Luis Suarez as a player. I can't.
0: I think my inner troll kind of likes the fact that he threw his arms up and blocked, you know, deliberate handball. Like, okay, part of me was, I was being empathetic where I was like, I understand the stakes. I don't understand the stakes, but like, I understand the motivation to keep your team in that you'll do it at anything at all costs to keep your, like keep your guy in like, I get it. And as a player, I love watching him as a person. I don't think I'll ever want to hang out with this guy at all. Like, I, that's my personal opinion and
1: as a liver never prop they tell you all the time that cheaters never prosper and even if you didn't win that tournament they still finished pretty well that's the team that had him i think Diego for line was there Luis, um, not Luis, uh yeah edinson cavani they're there mm-hmm. and the fact that like they 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 won that game like that kind of shattered the whole cheaters never prosper thing for me because yeah. it's like there are people who cheat all the damn time they find a way to get it to work for themselves so why should i you know, play by the rules and just be an honest person when cheating could actually get me some. Like, and I, and I felt bad for Ghana cause they were the last African country in the tournament. Yep. And I, yep.
0: I, at the time I didn't realize, and I was like, I was just caught up by Uruguay being amazing. And then I remember, no, it definitely wasn't you or a friend Kofi, it was someone else saying like, I just felt bad cause that was the last African team. And I was like, oh shit, cause it's I didn't realize, so we
1: wouldn't have met yet.
0: Oh yeah. No, wait. Oh, that's so, yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, we no, wouldn't so. have met yet. I was in high school. Actually, no, it was a friend of high school who told me he was, he was like bummed out. He's like, dude, that was the last African team. And it was like, and it was kind of like this whole, this whole, He's like the whole, that the entire continent was supporting Ghana. Yeah. For, for that, because it was in South Africa, like everyone. So when he broke it down that way, I was like, I was actually really sad. I'm like, oh, actually- yo,
1: shout out the 2010 World Cup. I know people got annoyed with the Vuvuzelas the and stuff, mm-hmm. but that was really cool to see. Um, uh, just the World Cup, the games that were there were cool. I know the yeah. World Cup final match was a bit of a dud, but like did the, the England-Germany game, the VAR stuff, like, like a lot that of was drama like, mind-blowing. Right, also, that World Cup probably has the best World Cup song 100%. of all time, Waka Waka. I don't know if Waka Waka could be made now. I don't know if never no. could get away with that. But in 2010, we was loving that song.
0: They, it had the best music, the best original music. Waving best flag, best music. Waving yes. flag. Do you know they played Waving Flag at the end of the Canada game? At the of entire stadium, entire stadium was singing. And I'm like,
1: oh, I was like, I love this moment right now. The entire oh, stadium was singing it. If and, I'm K-9, the artist who made that song, oh man, I'm making bank off that song. You sh- people streaming the hell out of that I know, song. What's the that man could. Between that and whatever money he made off of, uh, I guess letting Coca-Cola license that song too. Like mm. I haven't heard a song from that guy since, and I don't think dude has to make any other song off of whatever money you know what? he's still making off that.
0: I would love to have him make a new song for Canada going into the World. Yep. world. That's just as inspiration. I
1: can understand that.
0: Like waving flag was such an incredible song. Even like the original version, which was, I love the original version more than the, the, the FIFA version, but the FIFA version is amazing and like, I, I just, I, that song is uh, it's very, it's ingrained in me at an emotional level. And then what happened on Sunday just added more to it. Okay. Sing, sing- he also. just
1: made me realize something. Like, yeah. there's an opportunity for some artists to make, like, a World Cup song for Canada. Like, yes. who who are you calling on? Like, Ooh. Drake, do you want Drake doing this? Do you want, just, <laughs> you might have to call on Justin Bieber to do this. I won't. You might have to. But who do you who do you want? Like who do you who can you get? Who would be willing to do this? Like who would be willing to put something together? Okay, I got. Like, you. do you get do you get someone like relatively new? Like, is Daniel Caesar doing this? Like, is no? Like, like who's who's doing this song? I want it to be
0: sung by Shania Twain, Celine Dion, the instrumentals by Nickelback, uh, The Weeknd. And also You, want the, you, you down, want the weirdest
1: song ever imagined. Yes. Yes. Because Canada is a weird country in a beautiful way. And I'm going to wa- put this out on Twitter, by the way. If you <laughs> had to pick one Canadian artist to make a national World yes. Cup song, who are you picking? You have to pick one artist. Don't do no collapse. Just one artist. I'm going to put that Sky on. Skyfall. Take that idea. Oh, yeah. The uh, the uh, uh t- ton up. Yes. Yes, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Sky, he's, Sky he's cool. He's cool. I think it's, I thought that was Skifall. I never knew how to get it, but like, I, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. Yeah. I know I, him. I know him. I, I, Skyfall. Sh, 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 make Make Kate Trinata make a beat. You don't even have to do a whole song with lyrics. Let him produce the shit.
0: That's it. So like, again, my, my dynamic duo of Celine Dion and Shania Twain and the music produced by, by Kate Trinata. That's what I want. And, but I think if, depends how big they want to go, if they're going to go big, it's definitely going to be Drake, Justin Bieber and The Weeknd, like the
1: usual suspects, you know? But also, like, you got to remember, you only have so much money. Like, I'm sure whoever is in charge of that, like, price of the brick going up for Drake to do, I mean, maybe Drake might do it out of the goodness of his heart. Just Bieber really- might do. Maybe, I don't know. But, I think, but, like, I mean, Drake- that's also a good opportunity for someone who's, like, bubbling under just to, to also make a song, right? Like, yeah. what was the name of the, uh, the Montreal artist who did uh, the song for the 2010 Olympics? Oh, Nicki Nickyanovsky. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like that's yeah. like, that's what, that was a cool way for her to get herself noticed for a little bit, but maybe they go that route. Maybe, you know, what? You, oh God, you know what they might do? They'll probably get the Arkells to do it. The who? The, this band called the Arkells. They're like, they're basically like a new age, tragically hip. Oh, <laughs> okay. So you think they might push that on us? Like they pushed that, they, nothing against the Arkells. They're a great band. Max Kerman seems like a real cool dude. But I feel like almost any opportunity people will use to whether it's to put them for CFL games in particular, <laughs> uh, any Olympics stuff, like any opportunity, just call up Max and the Arkells. Boom, we're gonna get them in and make music. It wouldn't surprise me if someone said, Okay, Max Kerman, get in the studio. You're making the song for the World Cup, man. But you got to make something that's emblematic of the country. And look at how, look at this team, man. Like, he, all the different backgrounds. It has to yeah. be something that, like, everyone can gravitate around. That's why
0: That's why it has to be Drake. Because Drake is the only thing, is the only, only mainstream artist that's uh that's been very overt and very vocal about the Canadian national team. Like, I haven't really noticed Justin Bieber saying anything or doing anything about it. He's probably watching.
1: Too busy designing those Leafs jerseys. Or too busy
0: with his Tim Beebs, which I saw a lot of Tim Bees uh, beanies at the game, which was kind of cool to see. Have you ever had a Tim Beeb? I had. And it's, you know, it's it's cool. Yeah, it's good. they're pretty. They're pretty good. They're different flavors. Man, it's alright. <laughs> it's good. You know, it's a it's a tidbit. But I would say it'd definitely be Drake. I think it'd be Drake with Afonso Davies, which I kind of don't
1: want. I don't want the Afonso Davies being a part of. Nah, that. don't don't do like NFL teams of yesteryears that did these like Super Bowl songs or or these songs where they where they would get them all in like a studio for them to record verses and half of them sound awful. Yeah, like yeah that's I what like have. NFL teams would do. If that was. Nah, Great. man. Don't be like the Bears and do like no Super Bowl shuffle, nothing like that. Just mm. leave it to the artists. But that's the thing. I would want to see a Drake, Drake
0: performing it, but K Trinata producing it.
1: Like, I think you have to call K and Trin- make whatever beat. Just it's it's an easy phone call. Yeah. Let him do that. Like just let him do it. Let him make the beat. And then you can get whoever like you can get Shay Leah, Clehel, or some other cool artist, yeah, just to be on the beat. Let K right. have a piece of this.
0: Or Arcade Fire reunion just for this one song. <laughs> hey
1: Will Butler, were you doing anything? It's like I we know you need money. Come on, let's go. He probably does let's it. let's just let's anger Americans even more by having a band <laughs> where like half of the members are You're like from who? Houston. Oh yeah, they're like oh, like the majority of them are American, right? Like Win and Will, uh, are, or at least tech- Wiz. They're, yeah, like like Win, Like Win growing up was like a big like Rockets fan. He grew up in Houston. <laughs> like they're they're American. Like only like yeah. a portion of them are actually from like. Like Canon. Yeah, I, that's I, I, that's it. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, like, I, oh, that's a good question. I would realistically Drake, uh, for me, my Avengers, as I've said, Celine Dion, Shania Twain with uh Nickelback, <laughs>
1: it's awful. Nickelback doing the instrumentals. And, uh, I think, I think any song with Nickelback, unfortunately, I don't actually hate the band, but I think they'd automatically become, have the, the most hated song in Canadian history. <laughs> but also
0: those names I just named they're too they're too hockey does that make sense yeah no
1: I get it they're 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 like they're like they represent how can I put this I think it's a cool opportunity to put somebody who isn't as well known who again is a little bit more representative of the younger generation coming up like and also you got to remember like the look at how the team is composed of people of you mentioned earlier guys from from different immigrant backgrounds seeing black faces white faces Mm -hmm. like it'd be cool to see like a diverse face behind the song and not just like some dude from like i don't know from like a market that doesn't represent any of these players you know it would be cool yeah Uh, even if it's like roy woods or something i just thought about a, a tribe called red that'd be really cool that would be cool that would be awesome that i don't think anyone would honestly I don't think anyone would have any problems with a tribe called red that'd be think about it like if that's that's a safe that's a i mean not to say it's a safe pick but like like a a group it's a it's a pretty good pick like good electronic music uh indigenous backgrounds i know they're not necessarily reflected in the team necessarily unless i'm missing a player but like i don't think too many people are going to complain about the fact that like a group like them would have the opportunity to do something like this, yeah, and I think they would make perfect music for the for that.
0: I feel like they would make the kind of music that will just not make you maybe proud, but that will make you want to not not fight someone, but get you you know into that headspace. You're like, we're gonna conquer, we're gonna dominate. Because like, tra- I mean, Tribe Called Red's amazing. Their song with Narsi and Mostaf, well, uh, Yesin Bey, amazing. Uh, what what's what that called just, again?
1: Uh, it's I'm, called RAD, is it? R.E.D. Oh, such a good song. Really good track. It's really good. Yeah. Like, man, R.C. was our prof, bro.
0: I know. And now, like, <laughs> do you know, did you saw when he announced his Kanye West c- class and it just, yeah, on, like, social media? It's like a guy's making, of course class. it did. Of course it did. Some professor in Canada is making a class on uh, Kanye West. I'm like, that's my professor. That's my guy. That's my school. That's my school. <laughs> yeah. It's, he brought a chance, the rapper, that one time. Oh, before Chance the Rapper, like the like feels like the day before he blew up. That's what it felt like.
1: Yeah, and then he there's like a period, of, like like the last few years, he's kind of like fallen off a little bit. Like that last of- album he put out, it was just kind of like it was kind of weak. And that was like the first week album, and it's kind of I feel like he hasn't really escaped that ever since because everything leading up to it was good. Mm. Okay, well, I mean, he can still bounce back. Hopefully, he could, but like we'll we'll have to see how he bounces
0: back. I think he needs a minute to just to recollect himself and kind of, you know, tap back tap back into the albums that made us fall in love with them, like Acid Rap and and uh, coloring, coloring book. book. But like a lot of people don't like coloring book because but I think it's because it was little, I liked coloring book. I liked it. I, I think it was because people found it a little too poppy. And I was like, okay, I get I get the criticism, but I was like, yeah, it's still good music is good music it's you know, it's
1: better that. than the big day where that was just like mm. a melange of stuff that just did not fit and he was like different tracks we just yelled whatever he wanted like <laughs> at least coloring book was like an organized mess and even yeah. if it sounded like poppy i'm like okay well sorry like i don't i don't blame artists whenever they go pop because when enough people like them like eventually they're kind of kind of have to embrace the fact that they have that sound that's going to be wide-ranging to everybody yeah. while still trying to appeal to the diehards and like chance the rapper with the image that he has like he could only rap about being on a 10 day for so long you know like it's he the coloring book thing like it's a natural part of his evolution as far as i'm
0: concerned so but going back to that question of who should make the cat the song for canada soccer what about for the u.s national team i feel like that'd be there's like a wide array of of possibilities i mean
1: absolutely i guess well like do care Uh, uh, (laughs) no but also just like like i don't know if you'd be able to get like anybody to do a song for because it needs to be be an artist who
0: genuinely cares about the team but also cares about the sport because drake doesn't he doesn't know too much about soccer that's a that's a fact but he cares about the team he loves he likes team you know so he
1: wears a lot of soccer jerseys he's really for teams before
0: but that's the thing is like, you could tell that he doesn't really, I get the vibe that he doesn't really watch it, but he loves basic premise. but that's the thing, which is more than most American uh, rappers or artists at this rate. Right. So, you know who, cause like in England, it could be like any really anyone really in England, but like, or in France, I mean, France, you
1: imagine, be a, imagine like Skepta making a world cup song for England. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. I would, I would just like, I would lose my mind. I would bump that song all the time. As you get like Skepta, like you just do like Skepta, JB, like Dave, like that's all Storm the Z. different grime artists, Stormzy, all of them oh. just do like a posse cut. And like that's the the World Cup anthem for England. I, people in England would lose It would also be like, This doesn't represent a soul. It has to be different. <laughs> oh, there's people from the ends. What is this? Like I would just be like, I don't give a damn. Like I'm just, yeah, play on Skepta. I don't care. But yeah, and, like you need someone who's gonna be. Able to kind of balance out everybody,
0: and also Idris Elba gets a gets a few bars here and there. Oh yeah, it's that absolutely. Let Idris Elba produce the damn thing. Let him DJ the whole thing. Let him do it. Oh man, did you uh, do you know the Daily Duppy? It's like yeah. this. It's like this British grime thing. It's on YouTube. I, I watch it on YouTube, or you can go on uh, Spotify. But they always bring in these random grime artists, and I don't know if they're doing uh, freestyles or like just um, or fr- or they're just like rapping songs on a different beat like the original songs on different beat or whatever but there's the Aegis Elba one which was incredible it was really good and I was like oh shoot like, I you have seen are these like freestyling I think I don't know if they're freestyling because like with the one Idris Elba didn't seem like freestyle but all the other artists was uh, freestyling well not all of them but yeah it's, it's good Dave Duppy really good uh, if anyone listening go check that out I'll um,
1: check that
0: out I think it's called Dave Duppy but yeah so but bringing back to Canada soccer and we're pushing almost an hour or close an hour but anyway uh, cuz this is a fun conversation with my buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, and this is, I have to start actually today and I really want to ask you this. So, right. with with, uh, with the Winter Olympics and the Canada the Canadian uh, hockey team not being able to have NHL players. That do you feel like that energy towards a Canadian national team has shifted
1: towards the soccer the, towards Canada soccer? Um I don't think them not I don't think NHL players not being allowed at the Olympics uh has caused a shift. I think it's just because of what has gone on in soccer on their own, mm. naturally you've been able to get a lot of we've been able to see a lot of people just kind of get behind them right, and, right, right. and and kind of uplift them. I don't think NHL players and their exclusion at the Olympics has anything to do with that. Um I mm. think we live we live in an ecosystem where more and more, at least especially on the younger side that I see. More and more Canadian sports fans can be a fan of the men's team in hockey. They could they are definitely showing their colors for the women's team who yeah. also showed up and did very well mm-hmm. and are most of them are, are trying to uh, have that energy go towards having domestic leagues for them to be able to play. Some of them were also very happy when the women's team won a gold medal in the summer at the, uh, at the summer games. And you know they they want to see some of the great young players that are playing out in Europe, like a like a Janine Becky or or mm-hmm. Jordan Haitema or Kadisha Buchanan, uh, you know, do well and and have domestic success elsewhere too. And and also they could show their feelings for Team Canada and men's soccer as well. Like we don't live in this country anymore where it's just yeah, man, we only care about hockey and that's it. Like there are, there are fans who could be happy that okay, they could follow whatever NHL team they want to follow. When it comes time to follow hockey at the World Juniors or the Stanley Cup or not the Stanley Cup, sorry, but the Olympics, you know, you root for the national team or whatever, but Canada's doing so well in other sports, you are able to show pride for whether you do well in soccer, basketball, or for individual sports, like a tennis or golf, like tennis, like some of the best players in the world right now are Mm. Canadian. Like Canada is showing, it's going to take a little bit more time Especially for it to be properly reflected in the media landscape and and the consumer landscape on how they consume all these yeah. different programs that show hockey all the time, but we're on the verge of seeing Canada truly establish itself as a proper sports country. Yeah, that, I mean to say it's, it's had it before, but to look out and be like, man, like some of the best players in in whatever sport you can look at and be like, a Canadian is there. Like that's, that's a source of pride. And eventually we're going to have to get to a point where everyone's just going to have to catch up. And if you're that dude who's just sitting back being like, well, I only like hockey and that's it. You're missing out on all the fun. Missing out, you're missing out. Like, that's the thing. It's like, uh, it's just like, again, when I'm thinking back at
0: that, when I being at BMO field, it was, um, it was incredible. Like it was like, there was a real feeling amongst everyone in the stands that we're all in this together. That I, I knew a lot of people who drove in from Montreal and then drove back to Montreal right after the game ended. Man. A lot of people flew in from Vancouver. A lot of people flew in from Edmonton. And like everyone from across the country flew in just for this game. And it's it's and I think I guess culturally, perhaps even culture as well. I think Canada kind of needed something like this where you have that. This is the face of modern Canada. When you see these players and the fans who go to the games, like this is Canada. Like, this is the Canada yeah. I grew. This is Canada we grew up in, that we understand, I mean, we grew up in Quebec, but anyway, but like, yeah, it's a little different,
1: right?
0: <laughs> but you know what I mean? But like, this is the Canada we grew up understanding that this is what it looks like, you know? And that, that's why I have a serious- I hope it's pressure. more
1: representative across the the province, because I know like, we're mm-hmm. talking about a game that happened in in Toronto, obviously, and the fan, and we know how the city is pretty multicultural. Yeah, but I just hope in other parts of the province, other parts of the country- we're able to see that energy reflected. I heard a story from Jeremy Figoza yeah, where he went out just to hang out with Maro Biello. I don't even know mm-hmm. if I'm allowed to tell this story, but like I'm <laughs> starting it, so whatever. And he went out with Mauro Biello, who works yep. with the men's national team. And they went to this cafe that like Mauro, uh, like frequents a lot. Okay. Like okay. They, they know what they're up to. They know what they're doing. Mm. And this, I think this is just before like. The Costa Rica game, and like like a couple of days before, and like someone at the bar there is just kind of like, oh yeah, so uh, so so what do you guys do it? Like, what do you guys uh, like? Like, there were people there who had no idea who Maro was, yeah, and they were trying to he was trying to explain like, you know, like yeah, we have like a World Cup qualifying game. Like, oh okay, all right, like well, so, what are you gonna do about it? Like, you gonna watch the game somewhere? It's like, you don't know, like where you'll realize like Maro's like part of like the team or whatever, or like there's a the guy who like. Apparently, like, tried to talk to Kamal Miller and be like, "Hey, uh, did you guys watch? Did you watch the game? Like that whatever." <laughs> yeah. Like, there's still some people who have to catch up on that. Cause, of course, you know. It, but I, I think, think it's, it's the... still some, Yeah. Go ahead.
0: No, sorry. I think it. I think to your point, I think it's the beginning, where at first they don't know, but once Canada gets a guitar and plays their first game, I think that's when things will start clicking. So that wherever Biello goes to, it won't. He probably won't be so incognito anymore after the World Cup. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if I saw Biello at, at that coffee shop, I I I don't think I would know how to act. Honestly, I was like, should I say hi? Am I allowed to say hi, or should I just leave him alone? Like, that's, that would be the two things. I feel
1: that. like for guys like Mara Biello, I think they'd appreciate it. I mean, yeah. maybe don't like hound them and bother them, but I think considering how a lot of those guys can just like walk around Montreal and not be recognized, yeah, he might actually be like a bit surprised. Yeah, maybe I'll just bring like sparklers be like, oh yo, what's up, man? What? <laughs> I was like, what's this guy? Like, why is he looking <laughs> at the, that guy with long hair? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's um it's a magical time to be
0: canadian in Canada soccer. I like there's some people in the states that I've uh, I've interacted through Instagram and they are like, dude, we're kind of jealous of what you're experiencing. It's like with the United States, they're at a standard where you make if you don't make it to a World Cup as they did the last time, it's a major it's a failure. It's a failure, it's a major disappointment and if you do make it to the world cup it's like well we are supposed to be there right whereas in canada it was it's like we never felt this before and it's 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 such a unique feeling to be like holy shit we did it like we're here we, we made it to the promise line like we we set a goal and we did it and what i love is that this team always said from the get the, from the get this team has always said we're going to we're going to Qatar they are like it's going to happen and now they're saying we're going to win the world cup Okay. Are they going to win the world cup? Uh, who knows, but I love
1: that attitude. I was like, this is the attitude." You- people around the world who, who like a <laughs> guy in Argentina, who, uh, really wants one, who Maybe might have 20, something to yeah. say about that. Yeah, he but he, the he, cool he, thing too is, is that yeah. Canada can say they did it with the pool of teams at the number that it is, because once it expands to 48 in 2026, it should be a much easier time for to get oh, yeah. them. Not, not oh, to yeah, not, not to mention the fact that uh, Canada will be one of the host countries for that tournament. So. so if yeah. they are able to so they should be in so mm. we can be looking at the next two world cup cycles for canada as like like canadian fans shouldn't have to worry about like oh man are we gonna be in there like they should be in there and yeah. the expectations will be managed from there about especially from how they do at this world cup and then the next one with how it looks like who knows what the expectations will be but yeah. it'll be shaped a lot in these
0: next few years i would say um, if there's anything they should focus on is to maintain an infrastructure that will keep this talent pumping out. You know what I mean? Like, if you think about it, how many talented players have fallen through the cracks because there's no CPL. And now we have a CPL so that those talents could demonstrate those those skills, you know? Joel Waterman being the first player to go from CPL to MLS. And he's, yeah. he's good. I actually really like him as a defender. I'm like, this guy's, you know, yes, he'll make mistakes here and there, but so does everyone else. But I'm like, you know, I, I like what I see with this player. I think he's a reliable player. And now the CPL is expanding, I think, two more teams within the next three, four years. One in Windsor and then one, another one in Vancouver, I believe. And and I think it only costs $3 million to start a, a, a CPL franchise, which is really cheap. And to go a half-season one? Uh, yeah, 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 I have that money. I have a ton yeah, of crypto. I got a little bit of money hanging around. But... <laughs> I, I, got, I got crypto buried. Let's go. Yeah, man, my Ethereum is going to blow up. Yeah, and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, it's like, it's what I like about CPL format is that the league doesn't put any money on the franchise. It's like, it's completely up to the city and a municipality to decide if they want a team or not, which makes it way more grassroots. It makes it feel like what's happening in Canada, uh, what's happening in football in Canada is like, um, kind of what it was happening in England, like a hundred years ago, you know what I mean? Or maybe like 90 or 80 years ago when they started becoming a little more organized. So, you know, it's really cool to see. So I, I would say if Canada Soccer were to focus on anything is try to convince more of those uh, dual citizen players who really want to play for Canada, bring them on board, and also to develop an infrastructure that just works. Like Ismail Kone is a is a demonstration of that. Afonso Davies is a demonstration of that. Tejun, I mean, Tejan Buchanan and Jonathan David kind of went outside the system, but you know, yeah. Still good. Oh, there's my cap. Um, yeah, she has a lot. All right. I think that's a cue to end it. <laughs> but uh, before uh, before we go, is there anything else that we should uh, touch upon? Any other topics that we left out?
1: Just want to say uh, it is so cool to see yeah. uh, our country do well. Yeah. And I just want to say now's not the time. I'm not saying you're doing it. I'm not saying anyone's was doing it. For the diehard soccer fans who have been around Canada soccer for years, now's yeah. not the time to be a gatekeeper and be like, I was a fan of this team in the mm-hmm. dark ages. Now is the time to accommodate more and more viewers and fans, not just of the men's team, but of the women's team as well. This entire 100%. program, this is a golden opportunity for Canada to do well at the world cup, but also a golden opportunity for people to get behind this program firmly and, and just kind of see where they end up going. Like this is, yeah. this is a golden opportunity for this entire country when it comes to soccer, a sport that is renowned and loved the world over. Yes, and now I think we're we're finally gonna give it its proper
0: respect. Like even with my friends, like a lot of my friends are, you know, very big European fans. They watch all like the big European leagues and whatever. And the people on my soccer team are very much like that. I'm the only guy that's ever been talking about. I was the only guy talking about Canada soccer, and I'm trying to convince them. It's like guys, like it's time to watch. Like it's, you're, you're, yeah. you're missing out. You're now they're, now they come aboard, which I'm very happy. I'm trying to be an evangelist when it comes to Canadian soccer right now. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm, uh, that's why I'm soccer Pastor pilgrim. J- Pastor Jason. Pastor Jason, please. But yeah, turn. soccer pilgrim, that, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So I'm trying to convert people one by one to soccer, but yeah, uh, with that being said,
1: uh, Oh yeah. Is there anything you'd like to plug once again to uh, Uh, to a relatively small audience? (laughs) uh, Hey man, just follow me on my Twitter, JK McKenzie. I tweet a lot about hockey stuff, but uh, I put out the odd soccer tweet uh, now and again, whether about United or uh, about Canada doing well in soccer on the men or the women's side. It's fun to figure out. Uh, I guess you could check out that uh, soccer tweet I put up about uh, if you, if you were to pick an artist, to make a World Cup song for Canada. I actually put it out while we were talking and a few people have put, uh, someone said Burn It, someone said Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a good one. Someone said Patronata and Katrinata. another band called The Racklaws. I don't, don't know, know if you know The Racklaws, but, um, nope. oh, someone DM'd me uh, Celine Dion respect to the 2012 Canadian Women's National Team. I don't know what that's to do with them, but Celine Wait, did Dion she make an s- option. Did she make a song for them in 2012? I don't know. I don't know why she added respect for the 2012 team, but, uh, okay. But then, then, and then, and then Drake for the men's team, I guess, but I don't yeah. know, whatever, just throw in your answers, I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, so to everyone listening, thank you again to tuning into to soccer pilgrim for my special 50th episode. I do not know if I said that from the top of the, uh, of the episode, but the big five Oh, and I'm super very happy to have shared this moment, my big 50th with my b- good buddy, Julie McKenzie. And, uh so yeah julian thanks for coming on uh thanks for chatting with me about canada soccer and um hopefully we can go to a world cup game together which i don't think i don't know if that's likely but i'd like to imagine if that would happen one day if
1: not in qatar okay, in the next world well, cup yeah I'm about to say like you know four years what are we gonna do in four years will uh, be around Andrew. we'll be around hope. hopefully we're
0: more in the media we'll be deeper into the media world so we'll just get See working on like a one soccer panel or something that'd be oh that'd be cool i hope so that'd be really awesome and uh but yeah that being said to everyone thank you for being an audience thank you for tuning in from montreal this is soccer pilgrim thank you peace